you're now listening to From The Jump, where we keep the convo going with the latest and greatest in hip-hop. With your hosts, Mr. White and Syllable. They tell it like it is. From The Jump. We appreciate you tuning in to From The Jump, a hip-hop podcast dedicated to exploring rap songs, techniques, and substance. Mr. White and I, Syllable, are your hosts today, and we're talking about, this is part two of the song analysis of Lupe Fiasco's mural song off the album Tetsoban Youth. So we're just going to jump into the next stanza. Uh, then forge poetry like a young honorary Morrissey, then split it with the golden lock thoughts who like their porridge all watery, not scorching the sorbet from the steel orbiting, sorcerer sorcery coming down gorgeously, just like Stacy Dash Waterfall. And then later he raps, if you love her, don't ever send her to Molly Malls. Now, I don't know. I, my instinct was he was talking about Molly the drug. That's what I was thinking. I don't know if there's a mall called Molly's or a store at a mall called Molly's. Uh, I was, no, I think he's making a reference. Uh, I'm pretty sure Molly Malls or Molly Mall is a is a old school artist, but I think there were some references to him back in the day where it's like uh, it's it's like that old school, and it's not really old school, but it's like that phrase, you know, don't bring your girl to the club or whatever. You know, if you ain't got no money, if you're not really that fly, don't take your girl out, right? Because if you send your girl around, uh, you know, famous dudes with money, she might not be uh, <laughs> as, as faithful or she ain't as, as home tonight. woman you think, right? Like you, you're like, and that's that saying that don't don't uh, send your girl over here because it's basically like saying you feeding your lady to the wolves, essentially. That makes uh, sense. You don't, you don't do that, and, but it's kind of like it's. It's uh, it's tongue in cheek when he's saying that. He's not saying it because he's trying to bang your lady, but he's saying like, don't get caught up thinking like you're so cool when you could end up in a situation where somebody could expose you, uh, especially when it comes to women, you know. And like I say, he's touching on all of these things where I think you know people who have egos and prides and. All of these rappers who think they're they're winning and they're crushing the game and you know they end up in all of these. I mean, Takashi ended up in a situation. I mean, he was basically he said he snitched on them dudes because they was banging his old lady and they was trying to rob him and, and yada yada yada. They were trying to violate him and that's why. And it's like, well, if the, if the streets banging your old lady, that ain't your old lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is his old. It, it is his old lady. It's his old lady, old old lady. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, come it's on, their man. new lady, his old lady. But yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, is, I, obviously, really you can't. Kid, is she really thorough? Is she out here, you know, doing whatever? It's like you got to get your life together. You, you right. got the wrong women. But that was his baby mom. But it's like you know that more familiar than me. Baby mom don't mean that that you own that woman. Like that's not. A it's, piece of property like well, real estate. It's like it's like he jailed his whole crew because he was butthurt about being a cuckold. And it's like, really? <laughs> is, 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 that, is that an equal for the crime? I mean, I don't I don't think I would agree it's equal punishment for the crime, but it reflects on his character. I think <laughs> I think you just put Two and two together, and we got four, sir. There I think he, from, the, from the jump, that is exactly what he did. From, from the, the jump, jump, he was straight. He you was salty. From the they, jump, I mean, he said it. He said it that he 
them wasn't his guys no more because they was banging his baby moms and they was trying to violate him. And I was like, better get a DNA test for that kid. But at the same time, it's like you out here in the streets thugging, supposedly you a gangster all of a sudden and you down with the down. But, you know, although you're intimidated by these dudes that's, that's piping down your lady like you ain't tough, bro. I don't want to hear no gangster. You should have shot them dudes then if you was gangster. That's what a gangster was. <laughs> you know, he would have he did 25 to life and then be like, man, he caught a lot of bodies over that girl. Well, then I he mean, would, but when, you know, then he would be, you know, releasing albums from jail like Gucci, man. But uh, so the next. Like, uh, Project Slim, or not Project Slim, I'm thinking about uh, C Murder. A real, that's a real killer right there. So. Now here, he's a real deal. Well, so, well, so, well, C Murder, though, like, like, it, it was, it was a hung jury. And like the there was like some racist stuff going on with that because one of their biggest arguments that they said that he shot a sixteen year old in a club was you know that his title of his stage name is C Murder and then the content of his lyrics versus actual proof that he killed that kid specifically and so well that's why they tried to do Boosie and I'm I mean I'm right. not saying Boosie is like a model citizen but he right. was facing that same. They're like, oh, you're. That was like one of the first cases where they used his rap lyrics against him. Like, oh, are you talking about killing people in your song? He's like, look, I'm from this really bad place in in Louisiana, uh, and and it's trouble around my way. Like, I'm not saying that. I like, yeah, I'm gonna do what I gotta do to protect my own life, but this is stuff that I'm around. Like, I'm talking about it. I'm not necessarily promoting, committing murders, rapping about yeah. it. Like, because I mean, that's. I mean that. And uh, I think they got Bobby Smarter like that too. Yeah, just with rap lyrics, they they. And, well, I mean, I mean, obviously, it goes we'll back to like you know, going on, but. it it was like uh, back in you know the the dirty South scene for the hip hop and the politicians trying to shut down hip hop from even being broadcast because they're like, well, we don't approve what was it of these Ludacris is so, but don't get me wrong, Ludacris is kind of raunchy. Like I went to, I actually got to see him for the first time. Yeah, uh, in concert last year, it was it was amazing. Like even though, you know, it seems like at his age, you'd be like, oh, he he can't. No, nah, he was he was holding his own. He was rapping everything, and uh, but I realized I was like, man, this isn't a this wouldn't have been a good concert to take my son to because Ludacris <laughs> was actually kind of out there for his generation. I like, want to lick, lick you from your toes. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's, yeah, got, yeah. he's got a little little graphic. Eight hundred songs, like you know. He, <laughs> You know, he was talking about smacking people up and elbowing them, and, and he was he was pretty rough. You know, he was you know he wasn't a rough, he wasn't as rough as some of the artists nowadays, but he was definitely pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, for the next uh, stanza uh, from Lupe Fiasco's mural, "Dodging Rain and Catching Hell," rewrite history. Liberty needs a better bell. Maybe harder irons and carbon fibers that never fail. Smarter science mixed with the odd alliance of a fairy tale. God, those rhymes are so nice. I like that so much. But, I mean, obviously, Liberty Needs a Better Bell is talking about, you know, quote-unquote freedom, the social contract we've recently been seeing not, not really followed by police and brutality uh, and everything that's been going on recently with that. Obviously, this pre is, is before that, but this has been an ongoing issue for many years. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know the, the the nod to history right there of course the textbooks themselves are written by the winners as noam chomsky says but i think he's definitely making a nod to that 
And then, you know, I think he's still just going through stuff with Atlantic's demands from his record label. And now he's like, you know what? I'm going to stop caring about the system's rules. I'm going to start a revolution. I'm going to use my lyrics that are a mix of knowledge and creativity and, you know, smarter science mix of the odd alliance of a fairy tale. Like that, that seems like that's what that says to me. Yeah, I mean, I think he sees that, you know, from his viewpoint, that we've never actually created this country for everybody, right? Like, I mean, that's that's kind of like the big problem for a lot of minorities living in America or immigrants and people that aren't, you know, Native Americans that who were actually supposed, the only people that were technically here first, right? And then if, if you look at it, like people who aren't, you know, kind of brought into this culture uh, seamlessly, they're always going to feel like they're on the outside. And it's like that that is a, a, one of the biggest reasons that we kind of need to start over and really re, re-look at what it means to be an American, right? I mean, like, I don't hate America, but I think that we we were founded on things that we still have a hard time getting rid of. Uh, and it's in our day-to-day life, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, defunding the police, reforming the police, like heavily, like actually doing something about a system that was originally created to uh, enforce Jim Crow laws. Like, and and nobody wants to talk about that part because they're like, well, the police ain't so bad. And it's like, if they if they were actually focused on like real violent crime, I'd be fine with the police. But the problem is, is they patrol in poor areas and pick people up on petty crime. Oh, yeah. They give them criminal records. They keep them in the system. These jails are now for profit. So we're looking at a situation where it's like, are police actually policing or are they just keeping their numbers up so they can keep their jobs? And now we have a system that is obviously completely broken because they've targeted these communities. This is where they feel like all the criminals are. And now we, we can't back that off that easily, right? Because from their right. perspective, so they get trained. Exactly. Like when we talk about profiling and stuff like, oh, should they profile? Should they not profile? And that was a big conversation a number of years ago. It was actually you know, a every- Austin cop that uh, got fired because he refused to follow uh, the profiling about race from yes. Austin Police Department. And the thing was, is it was a big deal. It got on the news. The Justice Department did an investigation. They actually called me about it because of my experience with police brutality when I got tasered back in 05 for just playing music on 6th Street because uh, they profiled me as homeless. Um, and although I have been homeless, ironically, I was not at that point in time. <laughs> like, like, um, I was like, I'm no, you, you caught me a few there. years after that. And but, that's crazy because in Austin, there's so many street musicians. It's like, I'll, I'm... It doesn't even sound right for that to go down out here. They were bored. I mean, it that, was Sunday that's night. That's how broken this. That's how yeah. broken the system is. It's like they really shouldn't they shoot be out people patrolling for anything. Like, like I mean, the whole we, we idea could. of patrolling is the same idea what my mom said. If you're looking for trouble, you're gonna find trouble. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, well, I mean, like, when you <laughs> over police any area, whether it's like a white suburbia area or an area of people of color, you over patrol it, you're going to find whatever, or you're going to create something to get arrest records up to meet your quota. And it's like, okay, is that really protect and serve? But I mean, we could go off a long time on stuff like that. Uh, But I I think, I think Lupe was definitely uh, making a nod to that and how history is like that, as well as his own uh, issues with this record label as, as this, this song is 
a diss song, basically, to the record label. Uh, his next uh, line is, uh, roller, skate, roller skater maker or are you just cobbling wheel shoes? And I, that's a very interesting uh, image. And roller skater maker, like, so to skate on roller skates would obviously be faster than those shoes that have a little wheel in them that you see all the kids with and, and stuff. Well, they used to. This was like a while ago. I haven't seen kids like that in a while. Maybe they still make them. I'm not in tune with teen fashion. But, you know, mm. I, think, I think he's just making an analogy about the speed of transit. And he's, he's basically, you know, asking artists, like, what are you bringing? Are you bringing something new and creative to the world? Or are you just remaking the same old stuff that's already been there and it's already watered down? No, I, I would agree with you on that. And then also just like, uh, you know, are are you the creator or are you just using something, right? Like, I mean, are you are you just, you know, reusing it, like you say, uh, recycling, not actually trying to be innovative? Uh, you don't care about that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to finish up with this. And the last the last bit is uh, keep the golden weave thieves out the moat forest. I like that's such a nice line. I don't know why I like it so much. It, it, I feel like after that line, it's almost midway through the song, or a little past midway through the song. I feel like he was like really getting his rhythm. Like maybe the first part, it was good, it was dope, but I think he's kind of warming up. He really finds his groove after the Golden Weave Thieves. He just starts making even. I don't know. Maybe I, I just think he got, he got even a better rhythm after that, and he follows it up shortly after with a cemetery full of tomahawks. And I'm like, wow, that's that's pretty loaded. That's definitely talking about the genocide of Native Americans and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of making a comparison between that and, you know, artists trying to enter in, you know, the hip hop scene and what they sacrificed to make it. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, uh, I mean, very accurate. You know, I, I think it's simply say it in terms of like what he's what what imagery he's painting when you're talking about tomahawks obviously that was you know native american you know uh tool and uh you know it's one of those situations where yeah i mean there there isn't much that needs to be said about that I mean, sure we know uh i mean we were already touching on you know from the jump how from the jump started yeah because no it wasn't great i mean america was never great it, it is it has a chance to become great uh, you've now just alienated like, half of the voters in the silent midwest majority of america <laughs> I mean, america was never great <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't i mean you know when, it was when founded it was like on imposition and hostile takeover dying of yeah. fucking you know cortez water and yeah. no food because they were fucking trying to gold mine in the west coast and shit. oh yeah like people were like enslaved native americans to do so like yeah exactly and it's like the thing is is it sucked for everybody right like it like if only people didn't suck for was the rich white landowners who owned all the ships who was bringing stuff over but everybody oh, yeah. else everybody else who was trying to like make a way in america it was fucking tough i mean because it was yeah. all wilderness back then it was all yeah. new frontier and so you know it wasn't and it wasn't easy you know taking the land from the native americans they didn't just give it away no no, no like, the native americans away, taught them how to grow grow food by planting rotten fish as fertilizers and then they turn around 
and made these fenced in areas and then shot the Native Americans as for coming well, on the well line. And gave them potatoes as well. And, and then were, gave them know, firearms and cigarettes and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, um, so I think this next part, <laughs> uh, so, uh, what is what is he said? Sub-Zero guide and hide and ride in the pack as well. Sound village, leaf village, wolf spirit, magic spells. That's like a nod to Naruto. Uh, dodging rain and catching hell. It probably faces, is. Faces need samurais to catch the L. Special research vessels made for catching wells. So when I first heard that, I just thought he was talking about catching the loss, catch the L. I have been to Chicago. I have ridden the green line, the red line. I don't know if I rode the L. I didn't have a notepad of well, all that. Well, that is what the L is. The L So you is pointed that out. The, the L is an the actual. L is the, uh, well, no, it's the. It's the slang term, and I don't know how this. I don't know how it became the L. I just know that I always called it the L growing up. But it's the slang term for the subway. So yeah. if you rode the blue line, you just you rode the L. You just rode a a, a part one of the because you know in Chicago they they have a, a pretty detailed train system. So like they have many different lines. It's the same way in like New York and Boston, of course. Yeah. But. You, you depending on which area you're going, they got east and west lines, and they have some to go to the suburbs and all of that. And it's it's cool. I mean, it's but where we're from, I'm about to go catch the L. And so when you say you're going to catch the L, that means you're going to get the train. Now I know there's probably some Chicago history that goes into why it's called the L. I kind of want to know that. Uh, yeah. So that's that's just pretty interesting. So that's like uh, a double entendre, and I didn't think it was. I thought he was just talking about catch the loss, but he was it's talking about the L because it's short for elevated train. There you go, elevated that's train. Dope. Take out that's the E. They they have subways, and but they also have above ground uh, above ground trains. Trains, yeah, th that you know go over the city. So that's 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 pretty. That's <sighs> it's so simple, but you know I grew up. You know, you grow up in the hood. You just call you just it the got, L. You, you know, just know what they say. Ask questions. You'll be like, "Yo, why they call it the L, bro?" <laughs> I don't know. Hey, fam, I, I, I grew the up. L. Like it's exactly. L like I just L. like if somebody's like, "Hey, I'm about to catch the L." Okay, I'll, I'll see you later, bro. You get on the you going to 95th Street? All right, for sure. Yeah. No, I'll get up with you tomorrow. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like it was it was just part of conversation. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that's crazy. And it's it's like another thing. Like up there, for instance, like you know, there's so many buses. Like. Oh, I'm about to catch a 359. It's like to you that means nothing. You're like, what? But to somebody where I'm from, like, oh, okay, that's the that's the bus to take you out to Harvey's. Well, to the thing is, is that like in Austin, they they've redone the buses several times. Like, you know, I yeah. grew up on public transit when I was a kid and when I was homeless, and you know, we had different buses. The 32 used to be the 12 or vice versa, but now it's like the 350 I airport. I 20 when I first moved out here. To yeah, from, uh, Mainer. To north of, yeah. yeah, 20 Mainer. I was on the 17 Johnson, and, man, there was all kinds of stuff that happened on that bus. Uh, but <laughs> last part of uh, Lupe Fiasco, the bus public monologues. Transit. We have a whole public separate – Public is amazing, though. It's amazing, but it's also intense, man. I've seen some of the most, like – I got, I got jumped on the bus one time because – I was taking a, I was trying out my new camera and I was taking a picture out the window and two brothers sitting in the front of the bus thought I snapped a shot of them. I didn't. They were like, yo, yo, what they, you doing? They what straight you up doing? just descended on me. I was not prepared <laughs> and, and they jacked my wow. camera and, and smashed it. And I was, Dang. I think I was, I think I was you like some straight paparazzi shit. I, man. I think I was 17. Bro. I think I was 17 then or something like that. And yeah, I was, the bus driver didn't do anything. 
I didn't like yell help or anything. I was like, like, hey, I ain't taking a picture of you. It's not about you. They didn't care. But uh, last part to wrap up the analysis for Lupe Fiasco's mural song off his album Tetsuman Youth. Uh, simple as a Buddhist monk in a temple standing in some hill grove with the abbot practicing stillness. Real still till he re- realizes his realness. Defeat samsara, achieves nirvana, and brilliance. So I'm pretty much getting, uh, you know what? It's, it's all good. I give up. F the industry. F the fame. F the money. I'm just going to make yes. what I want. I'm reborn at this point. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. That's what and I he's, got. He's seeking enlightenment. He's seeking, uh, you know, that peace of mind, that, that utopia on earth, instead of trying to fit in any type of way, right? Like, and I, I think that that's, you know, he talks about that in earlier projects where he never really fitted in. And then this, this, this song is like him saying, I've stopped even thinking about that. Like, like my mind is in such a different place now. Like, if you were to talk to me about any, way shape or form trying to fit in i'll just laugh at you right like i mean i imagine if you're like yo lupe what you think about doing some trap music he you know you know like he'd be like okay i like trap beats or something but he's not like i'm gonna be like oh i'm about to go do a future a feature with uh you know whoever's hot right now he don't care about that he's already he feels like he's already achieved he even talks in this this song about having money now not being poor anymore but still having things that he needs to get done that have nothing to do with being financially uh, successful. Because, I mean, he, he did really well in his early career, and I imagine he's still getting some decent royalties. I'm that. pretty sure. Yeah. When I like, saw yeah, his uh, performance of Superstar at uh, Stubbs Barbecue um, in Austin, Texas, it was phenomenal because, you know, he was it was during that era. And the thing was is that he was at the top of his game, and – he had a light sky in addition to the sound tech. So he had the synchronized stuff and it wasn't just like a strobe light. He had all different types of lights that were going on, but it wasn't like crazy. It was very choreographed. It, it went along with the yeah. lyrics and it just made it like a multi. So he's a true showman. And I, yeah. I, I you know, I, I wish I would have got a chance to see him. It's crazy because my first concert, I didn't go to for a long time. Actually, it was like 2009, I feel like, was my first concert. Uh, although I lived in a city where there was a decent amount of concerts, I was supposed to actually go to the T.I. concert right before he got locked up. And that was supposed to be my very first concert. I didn't get to that one. So my first concert ended up being Drake. But I wasn't even – the crazy part about it is I, I'm such an introvert in a lot of ways. I didn't even want to go to the concerts, right? Like, I didn't want to be around all those people. Like, I felt uncomfortable doing that. And I kind of, like – I was glad to to break out of my shell going to that concert and then moving to Austin and getting to go to a lot of concerts and just getting to see artists, like, in their purest form, right? Like, you know, if, if, if an artist is actually trying to be what they what they set out to be and being, like, really amazing – then yeah, they're gonna have more than just some rap. They're gonna they're gonna have some effects. Like when I saw Kendrick Lamar for the first time, I actually seen him twice. But oh, I wish but, I would have caught that. That sounds dope. Yeah, it was, it was. I saw him at ACL twice, and it was crazy because the one year he was on the small Honda stage, and the next year he was on the big Samsung stage, and it was yeah. it was it was like this dude's like literally blowing up before your eyes type of situation. But he was huge at that point. He just wasn't like you know, greatest hits huge. And I think it was, but 
to watch that show and the way he did it with the live band and just the 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 detail in which he performed everything and switched it up for the live uh, effect to it it's like this he's a real showman and it's like yeah. that's that's i, I being I a showman really saying that about lupe because i never i never got to see him and obviously i like his music but it's not everyone like, can never do both. not everyone yes. can do both you know that's their album artists and their performance artists they're freestyle artists or written artists and even though the former isn't as common these days the days of juice and super nat uh are are over um you never know when there's going to be a resurgence but it's definitely one of those things you know wu-tang clan just not that impressive live lupe fiasco really impressive live nas live he's pretty good he's pretty good uh he's got great backup singers uh he's got a great great uh you know stage presence and he's honed it over over years he, just hey, coming he up he used to do it like he he's As been a kid doing it. like because yeah. that, that was how they you know because they used to break artists on the stage back in the day you didn't yeah. get a record until you were able to go because they were talking about his first songs, he hadn't even recorded them yet. He was just performing. Yeah. And then that's when they actually scooped them up and he did that. He, I mean, his first album was with, what, Primo, right? Like, I mean, it was insane. Like, people were, that was unheard of for a young kid to to get a project with an established producer like that. It yeah. Was, and it, it was like, you know, he's still killing it. I, I just heard uh, he had a new song called Super Black that came out. And was, I'm going to have to I check that out. I think that's so, what it's called. In our next segment, we talk about freshmen. And what we're going to talk about is one of the new freshmen that is coming Ultra out. Black. <laughs> ultra black. Okay. Not extra, <laughs> not super, not super, but ultra, ultra, ultra black. All right. I'm going to have to check that out. And I hope you guys check out our next episode of From the Jump, where we talk about NLE Chopper. And we're also going to discuss. Is Kanye West in the sunken place? That dude has been going all over the place, left and right. There's much to talk about. I'm sure you've been keeping up with it. But uh, thanks again for tuning in to From the Jump. From the Jump. Peace. Peace.